That's what rebels are all about. They push boundaries. They're very creative and curious about the world in a way that leads them to better places. And I have been in too many organizations where I've talked to way too many people across contexts who just go through life accepting the way things are. They get into a comfortable routine rather than say, is there anything that I could do to make this better? And rebels ask that type of questions quite often. Hi, and welcome back to Habits Matter. I'm your host, Shreyasi Singh, founder and CEO of Harappa Education, and this is our season four finale. It's been an absolutely fantastic season as we've delved into path-breaking ideas for the world of work with five stellar women thinkers. For a season finale, I'm thrilled to have Francesca Jaden, a professor of business administration and negotiation at Harvard Business School. For her recent best-selling book, Rebel Talent, Gina spent more than a decade studying rebels who break the rules across the world of fine dining, thriving fast food chains, and mega corporations such as Google and Pixar. She describes rebels as people who are changing the world for the better by challenging the status quo in everything they do and breaking the rules. So we asked her, who is a rebel talent? Do they leave chaos and destruction in their wake? Or does their rebellion have a cause? Tune in for some very interesting ideas on how to be a rebel talent or how to nurture one. Hi, my name is Francesca Gino. I'm a professor at Harvard Business School and the author of more recently a book called The Rebel Talent, Why It Pays to Break the Rules of Work and in Life. I'm also the mom of four little children and a very lucky wife. Gina's also involved with the negotiation program at Harvard Law School, the Mind Brain Behavior Initiative at Harvard University, and the Behavioral Insight Group at Harvard Kennedy School. Breaking the rules means not getting stuck in our old ways of working or getting stuck in our traditions, but rethink them or at least ask questions about them. The book came out from the fact that we often think about rule-breaking and rebels, who are the people who break the rules the wrong way. Rule-breaking can be a constructive force rather than a destructive force. Rebels are people who break the rules that hold them and others back in a way that is positive and constructive. And they're the type of people who challenge the status quo in ways that drive innovations and positive change. And so what I wanted to say with the book is tell people that the way we think about rule breaking is often wrong. And that rather than being negative as we imagine it to be, it can be rather positive. But who is a rebel? And that's fascinating, of course, that you're reframing the conversation on what breaking the rules means. But could you help us with who is a rebel really? And how do you spot a rebel at work? Absolutely. We seem to have a very fixed idea of who these rebels are. In fact, we tend to think about people who are a little bit dark in the sense of people who, yes, maybe they're creative, but they're also quite difficult to work with. Sometimes we call them control freaks. They're people who create chaos in our mind, people you rather not have as a boss or as a colleague or as an employee. 
But we really need to shift our thinking. To be a rebel does not mean to be an outcast or to be a troublemaker. Effective rebels, and I've met a lot of them, are people who break the rules in ways that are positive and productive. I often give the example of Greg Dyke, and in particular, looking at his life, looking at when he arrived at the BBC in early 2000. And at the time, he found a very troubled organizations that needed change and needed reform. And to signal the type of change that he wanted to see, this new general director gave people yellow cards, almost like the type of penalty cards that soccer referees uh, use when they're warning a player. And if a staff member saw something or someone trying to block a good idea, they were given the license to use the yellow card, to wave it in the air and speak up. And this was very empowering. And while people look at what you did and sort of think of it as being unconventional, his actions were incredibly powerful. And so like him, rebels inspire and they also take actions that despite being or looking different, they can be not only empowering, but set people up for positive change. You know, and obviously it makes sense given that there's so much to fix and reform in the world. Um, you know, the way that the attributes that you've described about a rebel obviously just makes sense as being a positive and constructive force. I love that story about Greg Dyke. Could you share maybe one or two more um, of your favorite uh, rebel talent that you've studied, and especially one about a woman rebel? Absolutely. So one of my favorite ones, I'll give you two. One is a man and one is a woman. Uh, I'll give you the men first. And it's a story that was truly inspiring, partly because of my Italian roots. And it's the story of a chef. His name is Massimo Bottura. He owns a restaurant called Osteria Francescana in Modena, Italy. And the restaurant is a three Michelin star restaurant. And in 2016, it became the best restaurant in the world. And the reason why I find this chef to be quite inspiring is that he went to traditional Italian dishes and decided to reinvent them. He came up with very innovative ways of cooking these dishes. And if you know anything about Italians, you know that we are quite peculiar when it comes to cooking. We might not care about rules when it comes to driving or when it comes to speeding, but when it comes to cooking, we have very precise rules from the way you pair certain type of sauces to certain type of pastas, very, very clear on the rules to be followed. And he went into this context and started asking a lot of questions. He said, well, maybe it made sense to cook the dish 20 years ago this way, but nowadays there might be a better way. And so he came up with very creative spins on traditional Italian recipes. And if you think about traditional recipes, especially in places like Italy, they're really something we cherish. We cherish our traditions and we cherish our traditions, especially when it comes to cooking, because these recipes are our grandmother's recipes. And so what he did was very courageous. And he ended up being quite successful in a way that is very inspiring. So he is definitely one of the rebels I admire. Another one who is a woman is Eva DuVernay. What I love about her is that 
later in her career, in her 30s, she decided that she wanted to be part of a filmmaking. And she didn't have that experience, but also she didn't have the type of connections that you often need to open doors. And rather than sitting and waiting, she just rolled up her sleeves and started making films. And she has become quite famous for the type of films that she created. And she has a really beautiful quote about trying to be successful, especially as a woman. And also, in her case, a woman of color, not because you're waiting for other people to paint the way, but because you're crafting your own journey in very creative ways. And so, again, she demonstrated a lot of courage that I find quite inspiring. You know, much like uh, Italians, you know, we also take our food very seriously at India and sort of all the concoction of so many little spices that must be put in for the perfect dish as tradition calls it. So I completely, you know, resonate with that sentiment um, and fantastic story of also obviously about Eva. You know, I think could, for example, the common habit and trait that rebel talent shares then essentially is that they are first principle thinkers that in a way that they're disruptors more than, more than that they are naysayers? Yes. Yeah, so, so I think it's a wonderful way of uh, framing the type of rebels that I had the chance to study and oftentimes even shadow. These are people who do not break rules just for the sake of being contrarians or just for the sake of breaking rules. They push on constraints and they push on rules that really might not be as productive because they hold them and others back. And so if I come back to the example of Eva, one of the things that she said that, again, was quite inspiring in terms of thinking about breaking rules in ways that are productive, she used to say that um, in reference to the role of women in business in particular, she says something like, I think that there have been cracks make." Uh, made in the glass ceilings by women who get close enough to hit it. But I'm mostly inspired by women who create their own ceilings. In fact, I think she uses the term by people who create their own ceilings. That's what rebels are all about. They push boundaries. They're very creative and curious about the world in a way that leads them to better places. And I have been in too many organizations or I've talked to way too many people across contexts who just go through life accepting the way things are. They get into a comfortable routine rather than say, is there anything that I could do to make this better? And rebels ask that type of questions quite often. You know, you mentioned organizations and we're absolutely going to segue into that as the next piece of conversation. But last to just sort of close out on the habits and traits and characteristics of rebel talent. It's different from eccentric talent or irreverent talent or ill-disciplined talent or creativity um, in the face of chaos. A, a rebel talent is much more deliberate, curious and courageous, right? Is that also a, a right distinction that I'm making? Absolutely. In the book, I talk about five different talents that these very different rebels seems to share. 
One is a talent for novelty. So rather than sitting with what's comfortable and familiar, they embrace the new and they become comfortable with the uncomfortable. The second one is curiosity. So rather than taking the usual ways of working for granted, they push boundaries. They have that sense of awe and curiosity we used to have when we were little kids. They also have a talent for perspective. And what that means is that they come to situations, to problems, and rather than looking at them from one angle specifically, they have a broad view. They also have a talent for authenticity. So rather than just nodding their heads and conforming to the views and behaviors of others, they bring their self forward. They're very willing and courageous to bring their ideas and contributions into discussions and into meetings. And finally, they have a talent for diversity. They don't accept stereotypical views or judgments that often others in society pass on us, but they truly leverage differences. And so what I think is really important is these talents existing as a mix. The reason why I often see rebels taking things too far is because, yes, they're courageous. Yes, they have a lot of curiosity and authenticity and they go for novelty, but they lose out on perspective and diversity. And so as long as those two ingredients are there, as well as the others, then you're going to end up with rebels who are really constructive and quite effective in leading positive change. Oh, that's a perfect framework. And so you're saying the alchemy of novelty, curiosity, perspective, authenticity, and diversity in some magical formula, and maybe a little bit different for each rebel talent is what sort of creates a rebel talent, correct? Absolutely. And in fact, since you mentioned it, uh, those listening in might wonder what type of a rebel am I? What's my starting point? And so I created a test that, that is called the Rebel Test. It's available for free. It's on the book, book website at rebeltalents.org. And if those listening have seven minutes to spare, that's how long the, te- the test take. And it tells you which type of rebel you are. So you might be a guard, a traveler, a climber, or a pirate. And he also provides some feedback on your type so that you can start taking actions to embrace your inner rebel more often in your life, but also at work. Oh, that's excellent. Thank you so much for that tip. So we'll all head to rebeltalent.org, did you say, for that seven-minute test from where we can get our rebel personas. Absolutely. And for people who say, oh, I turned out to be a pirate, that's actually a good thing. Pirate Ships are one of the organizations that I had the chance to study in great details as I was working on the book. And to me, they are really interesting organizations for two main reasons, though in the book I talk about others. But one is the fact that at a time when it was about 200 years before slavery ended in the United States, Pirate Ships were the most diverse organization on the planet. They were getting people to be part of the crew, not because of their gender or because of their skin color, but because of the attitude that they had, because of their skills, because of the passion that they were showing for the mission. So just for that, I think they get a lot of credits in my mind. But second, it was really interesting to learn about how the ship was organized. So the crew was in charge of choosing the leader the captain, and the crew was also in charge 
through very simple mechanism of removing the captain if the captain was not treating the crew very well. And to me, that's so powerful as an insight or as a learning point because it raises the question of what if we all went through our lives thinking of ourselves as those captains who clearly had to ask on a day-to-day basis the question of, am I the captain that my crew would choose as his leader today? And I think it's a very powerful question to ask because it reframes our attentions to the things that we are doing to create the conditions for others to thrive. And I think based on the work that they've done across all sorts of organizations or talking to all sorts of people, we're not having a good time, whether in life or at work, there is a lot of potential to create better conditions for them to bring out their best. You know, I love that. And that this is the thing about the organizational bit and why I was so, so keen to speak to you because I think I found the rebel in me, um, you know, to be the founder, uh, to be a founder and an entrepreneur. But one of the questions that I asked myself, am I as a founder and a CEO or somebody who manages a team and a company, you know, what am I doing to attract rebel talent? And, you know, what can organizations do to attract rebel talent and which kind of organizations need rebels the most? I often give an answer that surprises people and I say that every organization needs rebels. And I was quite intentional when I was working on this large book project to travel the world and go into all sorts of organizations to find example of effective rebels and also to point out examples where rebels were not effective or successful. And the reason why I did that is that I wanted to show that every context, every organization can in fact foster constructive rebelliousness. So in the book, you do find these uh, incredible restaurants like Osteria Francescana, but you also find fast food chains in the middle of Tennessee and West Virginia in the United States. You find Pixar Animation Studios, so a very creative organization, but you also find call centers in India. And again, the reason is to say, if we think differently about our role as colleagues, as employees, as leaders, and we think about ways in which we can create the conditions for us and others to bring out our best, to bring out our inner rebels, then we're going to fare better across all sorts of organizations and contexts. So you don't think there's an industry focus, a function focus, a kind of field focus that need rebels more? You think rebel talent is needed in every construct, uh, every stage of a business? Absolutely. Sometimes people ask the question a little bit differently and they say, what is that magic number of rebels that I need in my organizations? And then they give me a lot of information about their specific context. And I always say 100%. And the reason is that when we think about constructive rebels, they get to be more innovative, they get to be more creative, to perform at higher levels, because they fundamentally engage with life and work more deeply. And many of us have looked at the data across the globe on engagement, and it is pretty striking. And I would even say sad, because most people find their job to be a source of frustration rather than a source of joy. 
And so I think that when we embrace our inner rebel, when we help others embrace their inner rebels, we fare much better on all sorts of outcomes that are good for people themselves, like enjoyment and engagement with work, but also for the organizations, like better levels of performance and more innovation. Great. Then, you know, if there's a magic number and the magic number then really is 100%, as you said, for any company or business that you're in, do rebels and does rebel talent require a different managerial style? Is there a secret sauce there at least? So it's helpful to have managers or bosses that believe in the idea of constructive rebelliousness paying off. Having said that, even in contexts where your boss or your manager might be unclear or unsure whether this is a good approach, you can still start making progress by bringing out these ideas and they're going to become contagious. One great example that I have comes from a context here in the United States where the organization has a culture of do not rock the boat, do not change. It's a very hierarchical organization, very bureaucratic. And it's a group in the military and specifically in the Air Force. And a new leader came in about three, four years ago. And then he trusted these people to embrace this idea, to embrace curiosity, novelty, perspective, diversity, and authenticity within the boundaries that he had set for them. And if you look at the number of innovations that came out of the group in the last few years, it's pretty impressive and quite surprising. And he got there not by waiting for others above him to change or to embrace his idea. He did it himself thinking about the sphere of influence that he had, which was his squadron, his group of people. And so I think that that type of thinking where we don't look above and try to understand whether our boss believes this or not, we just think about the influence that we have on others who work with us and we start embracing these ideas ourselves. What is the one perception about rebel talent um, that is so inaccurate and, and so incorrect that it still really irritates you when you hear it? That rebelliousness is going to lead to chaos rather than rebelliousness leading to all sorts of great outcomes, the great outcomes that we, co- uh, we talked about when we think of rebelliousness in a constructive way. So that, to me... Uh, is something that still gives me trouble. And often that belief, especially when I hear it from leaders, comes from the fact that, in a sense, they're not trusting their people to actually act in ways that lead them and their organization to thrive. And so having the willingness to give a little bit more trust and a little bit more control to the people who work with us or often work for us is something important in embracing these ideas. Thank you so much, Francesca, for that sort of really pragmatic um, and very, very interesting conversation. So some very doable actions for our listeners, whether you're a, a young professional yourself or whether you're a leader and a manager who has custody of maybe rebel talent in your teams that is not is not recognized or has, does not have the space to be their best selves. Thank you so very much for joining us for this conversation. Such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. We've come to the end of season four. We hope you enjoyed this new format of free-flowing dialogue with a thoughtful and inspiring guest. 
As always, we'd love to hear what you think. Do DM us your feedback, ideas, and suggestions on our Instagram handle at habits.matter. Habits Matter is a show brought to you by Harappa Education. This episode was scripted, produced, and managed by Nitin Shamsuddin and Soumya Bahugana under the editorial direction of Seema Chaudhary. Shout out to Madhwana, super talented audio engineer and a brilliant design team for the snazzy creatives. Follow Habits Matter on Instagram at habits.matter and Harappa Education on your favorite social media channels.